Restaurant Unstoppable, episode 382. You, you take on, like, can you do your own thing? Is it possible to do your own thing? Is, is there a way that I can do my own thing? And after, after thinking about all this, you can't do it by yourself. There's just no way. So instead of hiring a chef, you make the chef your partner. Um, and then you have these three other, um, these three other entities um, involved with you, and you become stronger. The roots are stronger, and, and they're dug in even deeper than, than two, two legs can. So you turn it into eight legs, and those legs can move faster than just one person. Um, so the, those are the, the, the aspects of, of the collaboration <clears throat> and how to spread that collaboration. Because no one, I, I have to quote my other business partner, Terry, in this one question, no one person's bigger than the whole. Are you ready for it factors, success stories, failures, and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge? Then, join Eric Cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable. Who loves doing paperwork? No one. Sorcery is an efficient online AP automated solution for the food service industry and restaurants, large and small, are using Sorcery to provide a scalable solution to help them create efficiencies and ultimately grow their business while impacting their bottom line. To learn more, head to GetSorcery.com. That's G-E-T-S-O-U-R-C-E-R-Y.com. And be sure to mention Restaurant Unstoppable to get your first month free. With excitement, allow me to introduce to you today's guest, Donnie Madia. Donnie, are you feeling unstoppable today? With you on the phone, absolutely. <laughs> yes. Chicago-born Donnie Madia got his first lessons in hospitality by observing his mother and aunt caring for and serving guests in their home. It is said that Donnie has mastered the art of collaboration and is gifted with the ability to see and connect talent. Uh, today, Madia serves as co-founder of One-Off Hospitality in Chicago, Illinois, and has received five James Beard Awards acknowledging his work. Man, I cannot wait to get started. Uh, I just can only imagine the stories you have for us, Donnie. But let's get that motivational, inspirational ball rolling with the success quarter mantra. What do you got for us? Yeah, so here it is. Um, on a daily basis, um, uh, you know, I was a troubled kid growing up uh, on the west side of Chicago, inner city. And um, I, I went to Catholic um, schools and uh, I tormented my mom with bad grades and, and, uh, and my behavior. Um, but my mom would always quote, she say, I don't know what you're going to do with your life, Don. And um, I finally found exactly what I was going to do by uh, pairing myself with successful, uh, with successful people. I surround myself with successful people. Because um, it was my successful quote or my, my, my quote that I want to share with you and everyone else is successful men and women should walk amongst successful men and women. So whatever your profession is, uh, whether it be a garbage, garbage man, um, which I did it, um, in, 
in between uh, high school uh, summers. Um, whatever it is you, you do, you, you do it at the best um, and you try to be successful um, and, and be the best at what you do. Surround yourself with other successful people and be the best at what you do. You had mentioned there were two quotes. Were those the two quotes or is that one quote? Yeah, that's the two quotes. Beautiful. I love it, man. That's a great way to get this thing started. And I have so much uh, I want to talk about with you. Uh, Your career is just amazing. Uh, Let's start with where you first knew uh, this was going to be your life, I guess, your career. Is there a moment where you kind of know that you were going to be a career hospitalitarian? Uh, it comes in uh, somewhere around 1990 or 1991, where I have to make a decision um, to leave a profession uh, as, a, as a weak trader um, at the Board of Trade. And um, I supplemented my income by bartending at night. And that came in around 1991. And in 1991, I made a decision as a bartender to open my own place. And I I would bore people, um, probably regulars, that would come in and visit with me. And, uh, you know, I I think I did a pretty decent job. And I... I knew one thing was was um, connecting for me, and that's the ability to look people in the eye and serve them drinks and, and make make their experience uh, a happy one. Um, and they enjoyed um, uh, um, coming to the, the the establishments that I was working at and and having fun, and and that in itself gave me a, a giant high that I, I had an opportunity to be on the other side of the bar and and make people happy and comfortable and make them at ease and tell them stories. And, uh, and I think those lessons gave me the opportunity to expand my thoughts, to open my own restaurant one day. So I would bore people by telling them stories like, what do you want to do? And I said, well, I want to open my own place. It's going to be 60 seats and you know, it's going to be a little storefront. And, um, those dreams and aspirations were fulfilled in 1997 when I opened a 65 seat restaurant. With Paul Kahn, Rick Diarmid, and my other business partner, partner Edward Chetan, um, which is Blackbird. And what year was that? December of 1997. Okay. So six years from 91 when you first had that vision. I can't wait to hear how you made it come into reality. But uh, when did you first recognize this power of surrounding yourself with other successful people? Was it before 1991? Was there a moment when you saw that this is the way to success by knowing and surrounding yourself with other successful people? Um, That's a great question. Um, I I think... The, the opportunity of surrounding myself with successful people is um, was the was the thought maybe that was the intent um, and collaborating um, with four other areas of design uh, bar um, front of the house kitchen and waitstaff um, that was our collaboration so. Our friend uh, Thomas Slusher was the architect designer of, of Blackbird. He's also um, designed all of our restaurants in the last 20 years. So there's a, a, a happy collaboration there. Um, my business partner Paul Kahn um, took apart the took on the kitchen 
my business partner Rick DeArmond um, took on the bar, and then my other business partner Edward Chetan, um waited tables. So, and then I worked the front door. So there was uh, a collaboration of four men who had a vision, and that were all in separate areas of expertise because we knew that if we did one guest that night or a hundred guests that night. Um, we had our chosen areas of expertise, and and um, that would help us in, and and guide us through the success of the of the opening of Blackbird. Wow, um, man, you have no idea how happy I am to hear something that uh, come out of your mouth. Something that I've learned to be true after listening listening to so many people. Just these commonalities of what causes success, and it sounds like for you, a lot of that was just each of you knew your lane, you knew your strengths, you stayed in your lane, and you worked together, you collaborated, um, and you, with your divided attention in these these areas, you were able to really just crush it. Um, man, before we go any further about how you made this come to uh, how you made this vision come to reality. I want to talk about um, when you realized what your strengths were. You said your, your passion, your strengths are around making people happy and comfortable. So how did you realize this? Like when did you realize that this is your lane, that this is where you belong? I think you realize that on a daily basis. Um, going back to working for someone else and bartending, you have these um, thoughts that you might be able to do something a little different or change something or tweak something that might make a bigger difference than how the uh, setting is set for you working for someone else. So what I would do is I would take notes um, and and comprehensive notes about um, things that weren't um, actually my ideas or there were someone else's ideas. And I would tweak those ideas and, and how would I want to do it differently and what would I would do differently and, and what the effects they would have in the dining room experience. So taking that information, I already knew I was, I, I think I had this idea, you know, there's a, a, a form of a ambivalence there that you, you take on, like, can you do your own thing? Is it possible to do your own thing? Is there a way that I can do my own thing? And after after thinking about all those, you can't do it by yourself. There's just no way. So instead of hiring a chef, you make the chef your partner. Um, and then you have these three other um, these three other entities um, involved with you, and you become stronger. The roots are stronger. And, and they're dug in even deeper than, than two, two legs can. So you turn it into eight legs, and those legs can move faster than just one person. Um, so the, those are the, the, the aspects of, of the collaboration and how to spread that collaboration. Because no one I, – I have to quote my other business partner, Terry, in this one question. No one person's bigger than the whole. Mm. So – um, that I, I can't, I can't, I take, can't, I can't take credit for that, um, for that quote. But what I can take credit is, um, trust me in my one area. I'm gonna, I'm gonna reign supreme in this area, and I'm gonna make it happen for all my partners. And I trust my other partners, thinking the same, having the same thought process and the same results. 
Does that answer your question? Yeah, absolutely. And this is awesome. I and I can't wait to kind of dive into how this partnership, these collaborations came together. So let's go back to 1991. You had that vision of one day owning your own restaurant. When did you start living intentionally, Donnie? When did you start doing things to put things into motion to actually make this vision come into a reality? Yeah, um, I, I believe it came. I was working at um, this um, lounge club called the Blue Lounge, and I was working for somebody younger younger than me, and he was making his own stuff happen um, successfully, um, building the bar, expanding to the, the bottom next door, um, you know, using me as a, a, a sounding board and a, a collaborator, um, you know, friendships that I had, I brought to, I brought to the table whether they be a, a friend and colleague who turns out to be my partner one day, Joe Brill, who's uh, probably the, um, the, he has the deepest range of, of music, um, smartest musical mind that I've ever known is when it comes to um, all genres of music. Um, I brought him to the table in this collaboration. Um, so looking at, looking through that, looking, looking through the looking glass at Joe, um, Russo um, and seeing him facilitate build out and lease negotiations and how to take over second space and he actually allowed me to be in a lot of these conversations so um, I, I take that information I take my cousin Lewis who was a successful businessman a soft made man um, he taught me about um, long leases and, and how to negotiate and um, you know, I have a background in, in, in sales, so I, I, I was accustomed to sitting in front of somebody and asking um, for um, for more money or for more length or for for the possibility of reducing the amount of rent. And so I, I had this in my wheelhouse early on. So I used those lessons from my cousin Louis, my my experiences with Joe Russo at the Buddha Lounge and and other experiences that I had. Um, that I became, it became uh, an arsenal that I was building. So um, I, I use, I, I still use those tools today, and and um, we use the, that that as a business acumen of, of successfully negotiating lease deals and and um, and the nuts and bolts of the uh, of the restaurant before it even becomes a restaurant. Um, I, I, I so when did that come about? Um, it was a learning period from the middle '90s to the to the almost to the end. Um, we already had a I already had a, a pretty decent lease um, at Blackbird that we executed. Um, that took a, about six months to a year. So um, I'm 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 getting on the job training as I'm working in the uh, in the entertainment business in, in bars and restaurants. So it sounds like from a very early on, a uh, very early stage, you you were able to appreciate and recognize this, the knowledge, the skills of other people to surround yourself with these people and become the average of them, picking up lessons from them. Uh, what, I guess, how do I word this correctly? What do you think they saw in you? What was it about you that they said this? I mean, you, you see all these great things in them, but what did you bring to the table? What was your unique song and proposition to them? That's a tough one to answer. <laughs> no, I, I think the, the the power and will to get things done, like taking chances. 
Um, there, there, there's no way that Blackbird could have happened without my mother, um, who is um, at the same time as I'm trying to build this place. Um, she loaned, she she lent me um, against a a, 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 a CD of fifty thousand uh, dollars. That was our seed money, um, and. Again, I went back to her, and, and she's in a, you know, I'm, I'm taking her for radiation treatments. I'm back in the, I'm back in the space, trying to get this, uh, trying to get this thing done, and trying to try to build this. And we're undercapitalized, and you know, we're 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 met with a lot of obstacles that turn into opportunities by, just by good faith. And so, what did they see in me? Um, somebody that can go out and get things done on a daily basis and 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 meet the requirements of of a person who has the ability to seize opportunities and, and not take no for an answer. And when you're met with resistance, going back to the drawing board the next day and coming up with solutions. And, and on and on and on and on and on. I think um, without the will and the tenacity and, and the strive to, to make something happen, because at a certain point when you sign a lease um, and you're short money, you can't get in and go, oh, well, we're not going to make it. I guess we just, you know, we just stop right now. There's no stopping. You can't stop. You got to keep moving, man. You kind mm. of move through it all. Um, so I, I, I would hope that if you were interviewing one of my partners, they would say that um, there's no stopping dotting a deal. He's unstoppable. He, <laughs> he, he, he can't be stopping, which yes. is <laughs> which is pretty poignant for this conversation. Yes. Because the name of your uh, the name of your show is um, your podcast is unstoppable. Yes, awesome. So aside from like the fifty thousand dollars that you had to invest, you had skin in the game. You had that work ethic. You had that power. That that will to succeed. And it sounds like you had a lot of integrity too. Being somebody who saw opportunity, but not only saying, "Hey, we're going to go do this," but you know, integrity is doing what you say you're going to do and delivering results. And it sounds like that's what you brought to the table. You almost were a visionary leader, seeing opportunity, saying, "We can go here." we can do this. Here's a vision. Are you on board? Is that kind of the role you played? Well, without a doubt, I, I think that um, we would meet in the space every day. Um, we would go over the daily list um, mm. that we needed to prepare. And then um, my business partners would say, okay, go out there and get some money. And okay. So I, I don't, I can't tell you that the amount of people that I pranced through that storefront that wasn't completed and they were looking at me, and they were looking at the neighborhood, and they were saying, what are you doing over here? You're on a one-way street, man. How are you going to get any people over here? They're going to have to go around the block a couple times to find your place. And I go, well, listen, in order for us to, to get the right lease and the right amount of um, – get the right amount of, uh, of um, occupancy for uh, our fixed cost – we have to be on this side of, of the expressway. We can't be on the other side of the expressway, which was, which was at, at a point called Restaurant Row. Um, there were plenty of um, 
great restaurants on the other other side of the uh, of the expressway, but we just couldn't afford the the rent. So we took a chance, um, and again, you know, we were ahead of the curve. The, the one way street um, it turned into a, a, a parking lot of of potential guests that would leave the um, the east loop of Chicago towards the expressway, and they would drive right by this fishing this fishbowl of a space um, and they would look into the doors and they would be compelled to probably say to themselves like what is that place and why is it over here and and that um, was the was the was the intent um, through osmosis like we didn't know that we didn't know that tens of thousands of cars would drive by on a weekly basis and leaving their leaving their jobs in the loop and drive to the expressway and pass by this little gem of a storefront. So um, it was my job to go out and, and find money, and um, people thought we were crazy. And, you know, through another friendship that I had at Buddha Lounge, uh, a guy that I worked the front door with, um, he said, I have somebody you can meet. He likes to make capital investments. Why don't you meet this guy? You know, and, you know, we had our business plan final, you know, it was finalized. It, was, it looked pretty good. It had four or five different fonts. It, it didn't look good. It looked terrible, but it was a business <laughs> plan. It had, it had a five-year payback plan. Um, it had real estate in the, um, it had uh, real estate in the, um, in the plan. It had Paul's menu. Uh, it had cocktails. It, it, it looked good. Um, and, he signed on for fifty thousand dollars. That was the fifth last fifty thousand that we needed uh, to raise. And how much total um, did you need to raise? I think all in, with mistakes, um, that place cost us to open the first floor about five hundred thousand dollars. Wow! So between this got this last fifty thousand, your fifty thousand, you needed an additional four hundred thousand dollars. No, that, no, that was the last fifty. Okay. I, um, my my mom passes away two months before. Oh man! I opened, two and a half months before I open, uh, leaves me um, about fifty thousand dollars. So all in, um, she put in about a hundred thousand dollars, and then um, my business partner Ricky charged every he I don't know he had like four or five credit cards. He charged everything up to about sixty grand. Um, my other business partner, um, Eddie, he came here from Romania. He waited tables at three different places, um, and he saved up forty thousand um, dollars. And then his dad um, loaned us thirty thousand dollars. My two, my childhood friend, um, uh, and uh, we went to high school together. His he's four generations, fourth generation, he's third generation of the four generation. Um, his daughters are now involved in his Italian American uh, restaurant um, in Chicago. He loaned me twenty five thousand um, dollars. So we bought, we begged, borrowed, and steal, <laughs> sold. Uh, we begged, borrowed, and stole to um, put this deal together. And when I mean stole, I mean we didn't steal. Anything. That's a that's the, that's a, <laughs> a soundbite that's been around for a hundred years. But you, you know what it means. Like you do whatever you have to do to get it done. There's no turning back. You're going to do it. And and the the McGirts, uh, Wayne and Marley McGirt, uh, 
they believed in us um, and they invested with us. Um, and uh, that was the last 50 that we needed. That got us over the top. And um, awesome. yeah, this, December 1st, 2000, uh, no, I'm sorry, 1997, um, we opened. Beautiful. So there's a couple things I want to dive into. Uh, it said that your strength is the ability to see talent and ability in others. Uh, and then I think that's kind of like a, a trait that's kind of built within us. I don't know if that's a trait you can necessarily learn. I think that's kind of like a skill uh, that you have naturally. It's a natural inclination. But what I think can be learned is how to win people over, how to, uh, I don't know, I guess how to how to collaborate and how to build that network. So it sounds like the other big it factor that you have is your ability to uh, work with other people. So what advice do you have for finding that partner, uh, getting them to buy into you as a partner and just developing this network? What, I mean, what makes you good at that in your opinion? Well, I think, uh, I think it's, it all comes down to honesty. Um, and you used the word a few minutes ago, um, honesty relates to integrity. Mm. Uh, they go hand in hand. Um, and to have integrity is, you know, it's, it's, there's another soundbite that I, I used before. It's like, my word is my bond. If I tell you that I'm going to do something, um, you, you can make, you can book the appointment that I will be there um, with the information or the documentation or myself um, in order for me to help you um, or you to help in a situation um, whatever might transpire um, my my objective in this life is to have the most integrity um, and to meet promises um, and, and not to let people down I, I think um, it's something that was innate in my mother and my aunt even though they they were disappointed. They had probably many, many disappointments in their lives, and um, they, they had limited education. But one thing they had was their word and their integrity, and, and they went to work every day, um, and they worked hard, and, and they, they dug in, and they gave me the best uh, to raise me. And even though I was, I was out of my mind probably because of um, – you know, dyslexia and hyperactivity and Ritalin. And, you know, I was, I was a crazy kid, but at the end of the day, um, watching what they did and how they cared for people, their brothers, their sisters, for some reason would always congregate at our house and have a meal. But when they were sick, um, with, with cancer, or my, my mother, my aunt, and their caretakers, not their wives or, husbands but my mother and my aunt so what does that instill in one and what does that instill in someone who watches someone take care of somebody that gives me the ability to 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 have that type of same type of care for people so whatever job that i had in my life um it wasn't the correct job the correct job for me was to be a caretaker mm. um to to make sure that Whoever was in my response responsibility, that they were well taken care of. So it's a natural for me to be in this business because it's it's second nature to me. I, I don't think I can go wrong. I don't think I can 
people can trust me and go, Donnie's going to be there. I know he's going to take care of me. You know, it, I'll, I don't know how many numbers. I think I have, I think there's somewhere in the area of 2,500 or 3,000 phone numbers that I have. I've had my phone number since 1993. Wow. <laughs> so, so, Eric, if you were to come into town and go, oh, man, I, I, I want to have dinner, and you have my number, you would call me, and whether it would be 10 o'clock at night or if it's 6 o'clock on a Sunday, um, I would respond to that and go, Eric, why don't you go to a fact, I'll set it up for you, how many people are you with, what time do you want to go, and, and it'll be taken care of. Wow. So wouldn't that put your mind at ease that you would have somebody um, take care of you like that? Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, the original question is like, what is it about you that allows you to attract onto yourself these incredible people to get the job done? And just to summarize, honesty, integrity, um, doing what you say you're going to do, meeting the promises you make. And if you want anybody to take care of you, you need to take care of them first. And that's what it sounds like you did. You took care of everyone else. And if you make your life about taking care of everyone else, it will come back around. It will come back to serve you some way, somehow. Would you agree with that statement? I mean, you, you, you presented it with such care. Um, thank you for saying that. I think you're spot on. Awesome. Uh, so one other thing I love about your story up to this point is your just, I don't know if it was a natural uh, realization that you can't do it by yourself, that you need other people. Some people think the opposite way. They, they think that having a partner is bad news. Like it's, it's there's somebody going to stab you in the back. It's not going to work, but you knew that you, you needed other people on your team. So talk to us about the power of, of just partnerships and what makes a successful partnership. What things can we do if we're looking for a partner to make sure that our partnership is successful? That's a beautiful question. I, I, I think that um, it's interesting in the way that I can answer that question. If I was by myself, well, what am I going to do? Run down the street and high five myself because I'm successful? <laughs> no. I want to. I want to. I want to collaborate. I want to be with people that are like-minded and, and, and want to have the same experience. Like we want to do something special. We want to break out. We want to be in a different neighborhood. We want to trailblaze. And, and, and why do that? How can you do that by yourself? Um, of course, you can take chances and do that by yourself. But isn't the, isn't the, the camaraderie of success um, viewed in a, in a way where, oh, my God, we did this together. It's, you know, it's, and plus, how do you live your life, um, you know, making making those type of commitments of no one person's bigger than the whole. You, one person can't be the whole, you know, they just can't. It, there, there's no way I can't cook. I can't design. I can't bartend, even though I bartended, I, 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 I can't do everything. And why would you limit yourself? And I, I think that if anyone were to come to me today and say, you know, I'm thinking about opening a restaurant, and my first question is, "What do you do?" Oh, I'm, I'm the front of the house guy. I'm, I'm I, you know, I'm, I'm the, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to put the deal together, and then I'm going to work the front door, and then I'm going to hire everybody. And then my next question is, I go, "Who's going to cook for you?" Oh, I'm going to hire a chef. Wrong. No, we don't hire chefs. We make chefs partners, um, and I learned that a long time ago, and. The reason why I'm here talking to you today is because I have a successful partner 
um, who feels the same way about me. Mm. Um, and I have su- su- successful partnerships that feel the same way about me as well. And, and I think that camaraderie, I think that glory, I think that, that experience, I mean, Jesus, man, if I was successful, I was all by myself. I'd be running down the street. I mean, people lock that guy up, man. What's he doing running down the street cheering for himself? <laughs> I don't want to cheer for myself. I want to cheer for my partners. I want to, I want to wave my partners off. When they come by and they win an award, I want to fucking, I want to, I want to scream for them. I want to go, oh my God, it took so long. I'm so happy for you. I am so happy that you did it because you deserve it. It's so well-deserved. Mm. Congratulations, Paul. Congratulations, Terry. Um, I'm, you know, you, it's so well-deserved. Why wouldn't I want to be a cheerleader? They've been cheering me on for years. So I, I, I want to cheer for them. I want to, I want to, I want to make things happen for them if I can. In your opinion, what do you think's going on um, when you don't find people to work for you, but instead you choose to find partners, people to work with you? What's the power of getting people to work with you versus getting them to work for you? Why is shared ownership so powerful? Hmm, well, the last meeting I just finished, um, four of my original, uh, three of my original business partners were in the meeting, um, and it was a it wasn't a happy meeting. It was a very somber meeting, um, and the meeting was about somebody who um, was dishonest, and so not in the room, but outside the room. So. I want my partners to be around me because I want to be strength for them. Because one day um, they're going to have to be strength for me. So I, I, I truly believe that it's if if I'm at the top of the totem pole, I can I can lean over and pull somebody up. And I'm hoping one day that somebody who's on top of me is leaning over and pulling me up, man, because. Every day is a different situation, and you, you need help, um, and you need um, you need the strength of someone else to help you pull you up. So I'm I'm always going to be the guy at the top trying to pull somebody up, but sometimes I'm the guy underneath, and I need someone to pull me up. Man, I can't believe we're already at 40 minutes of record time. I, I, I could go deeper on this topic of partnerships and how to partner and what makes an effective partnership. But I feel like we, there's still so much more to talk about. Uh, so 1997, you opened Blackbird. Uh, and what, in like a few sentences, what is it about uh, the, your first success with Blackbird? What was it that you were doing that you think made it successful? Working seven days a week. <laughs> working seven days a week and, and caring um, so much about what you created and, and who you created it with and how to continue to make it even better and better and get better every day. It's um, it, it, it's this um, perpetual motion that has to continue. It can't slow down. You can't let it slow down. The perpetual motion has to um, continue. So uh, your your ideas change. You go to New York, you eat at Danielle, um, your business partner wins a food and wine award, incredible experience. Um, we celebrate um, the day, the night before at Danielle, and you see how 
his incredible restaurant can change your opinion about service, about the style of service. Um, those experiences that you have, um, they continue your growth process and continue the perpetual motion of excellence, trying to be excellent, trying, trying to work hard towards working hard towards being the best that you can in this little 65 seat environment um, without stepping over anybody or trashing anybody, just trying to work hard and, and, and be the best 65 seat restaurant that you possibly can on a daily basis. Awesome. So today you own 11 restaurants. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, I think it's, I think it's nine, nine plus a, um, a, um, uh, uh, licensing deal um, at the airport. Okay. Public and tavern. And then, um, yeah, I think there's, I think it's, um, I think it's nine plus one. Okay. So approximately yeah. 10 operations in, I want to talk to you about what things need to happen to scale. So you opened the first restaurant in 97. When did you open the second restaurant? Uh, 2005. Okay, so seven or sorry, eight years had gone by from the first restaurant to the second restaurant. What critical things happened to enable you to get out of one restaurant to focus to put that energy into opening another restaurant? How did you do that? Okay, I'm going to correct myself. It's actually September of 2003. Okay, um, five years. Yeah, back opened September of 2003. Um, there's circumstances that lead me to open um, a successful. Uh, lounge with Terry Alexander and Joe Brill, which enters Terry Alexander into my into my collaboration, into my life, um, my friendship. Um, uh, incredible business mind uh, teaches me so much about business and expands my global reach um, um, as far as um, experiencing uh, financial uh, preparation. So. Also, credit him to um, uh, even enhancing my character um, on how to treat people, uh, how to be, uh, how to take care of um, your business partners even even more. So enters my life. We open we open Soda Tech um, in 20, 2002, 2002, and then six months later. We open um, a vet. So uh, those early collaborations with Joe Will, musical genius, and Terry Alexander, great business mind, uh, only enhance my um, my life and my partnerships um, to to today. So uh, Terry and I own um, big stuff, Violet Hour, Doves, uh, public and public and quality needs. Public anchor, public quality bread, seven. Um, Big Star Wrigley in March, um, and PST. We were collaborating with three younger staff members that have been with us uh, for the last seven years. So, um, the, the, I think the important part here is, yeah, there's five years uh, of uh, of, um, uh, of time to open up the second location. But it took that much time to learn um, about business and also to 
discipline yourself to make the right business move on the second one because that's the hardest one because you just don't want to go out and um, put a lease deal together that doesn't make sense. So you look and you look and you look and then all of a sudden um, somebody was in this space before you, they fail and you, you, you know, it's like, what's the, what's the, the Chinese proverb um, for crises? Uh, crisis seeks opportunity. So the opportunity, the door opens up, we scoop the lease, we negotiate it, we sign the lease, and then we stop. So um, I, I credit that second one to the uh, nobility of uh, the learning curve on business. Okay. So you mentioned that one of your strengths was the ability to have that discipline to recognize not not take any opportunity, but to take the right opportunity. Uh, so how do you know when it's the right opportunity? And if you mind just speaking up a little bit, uh, it's, sure, sure. I just want to make sure we get it good. Yeah. Uh, how do we know it's the right opportunity? Um, well, the, the crucial part to, from what I try to instill in my, in myself and my business partners is the crucial part is the real estate deal um, to make a, a great restaurant, um, you know, Paul's a great chef, and, and he's fully decorated for that. Um, and I'm thankful for that partnership because I know when a guest goes into a restaurant, the food is going to be spot on and delicious. Um, and he credits his uh, chef de cuisines and sous chefs throughout the company to enhance those flavors and, and, and dishes to make all of the chefs, um, to credit all the chefs, and, and make sure the food is correct. But I might mention without a great real estate deal, um, you might um, you, you might substitute for trouble, meaning that if you don't have a great lease and you have 15 days of cold weather in January, or you probably, one year you probably did one turn or half a turn, and those 15 days... Um, are dismal and you can't make payroll um, and your rent is due, um, I'm giving you obscure circumstances, but I want to make sure that I drive home the possibility that a good lease deal, a good real estate deal will make or break your restaurant. So, I mean, there's so many variables that make a good real estate uh, or just a good location in general, but what do you look for? What would you say is some of the, I guess, maybe less obvious things or some of the more important aspects of a good deal, a good real estate deal that you can share with us? Well, I'll, I'll, I'll name the two restaurants that, that sit next to one another. Um, a Blackbird was first, then a Beck was second, or across the alley from one another. So if something goes wrong at a Beck, the cooler goes down. You can run everything over to, you can run all of your um, provisions all your perishables over to uh, Blackbird to help you, and vice versa. Um, if maybe one one has more strength of a bank uh, of a bank account than the other one does, if there's a problem, maybe that one can. I'm sorry, you, that car drove by, and I missed that last part. Sorry. It's a, a elevated L uh, L trap that's next to our office. I apologize. No, it's okay. I I, I think that. One strength, uh, one restaurant might have more um, strength than the other at certain points of the year. So if, if 
if there's a problem, a financial problem, you could lean on the other one. Okay. Um, I think I think a proximity uh, of concepts really important. Um, public and public and quality meets. They're across the street from one another. They can help each other. In fact, that was the whole premise of, of uh, public quality meets to take um, to add some square footage in order for production production of meat, production of bread, production of uh, of, um, of food, um, where we can expand the concept and 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 also um, uh, do more volume, um, but we needed more square footage. So th- those two uh, go hand in hand. Okay, so the first lesson is uh, close proximity and be able to support uh, one location. Um, I don't know. I, I definitely got the close proximity. I'm not sure if I picked up the this, the other part of that advice. Can you just make maybe paraphrase? Yeah, sure, sure. Well, I... I if- I also I would also contend that the the idea behind Blackburn and Avec um, is with Avec um, is a, a French for with so with friends with um, with uh, staff with wine with uh, with Blackbird so the idea behind those two concepts were um, one is one is rustic and one is um, formal and and they go hand in hand. I also contend that the, the operation could go hand in hand. If something goes wrong um, with a cooler at uh, a VEC, we can run the perishables over to Blackbird. So we, 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 the, these restaurants speak to one another. They have a, a similar uh, rhythm or dialogue. Um, so they, they, work in, they work together in tandem. Got you. Um- Beautiful. Man, I can't believe we're already at almost 50 minutes. Uh, you're just dropping so much great <laughs> advice on us. I mean, is there anything you haven't spoke about that you were hoping we would speak about in this free-flowing portion of the, the interview? Um, I, I'm happy with all, all the questions, and I hope you're happy with all the answers. Oh, beyond um, happy. I, I, yeah, I, I think the way that you um, you you've um, frame this this conversation is um, using the, the word collaboration and, and intent because um, the I think that the content gets stronger um, with uh, with partners and I'm, I'm 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 totally happy the way it's going. Uh, I, I mean I, I I can't off the cuff I, I can't think of anything else that I would um, want to expand on. I, I yeah. Um, Okay, so I guess if you're ready, um, actually, before we go to the break, mm-hmm. I want to get a failure because I think we can learn a lot from failures. When we look at your career, and all we see is success. But take us to a time where you failed. Share that quickly and then share what you learned from that experience and why you're better today because of it. Um, hmm. Fail. Man, that's a great question. <laughs> that's an excellent question. Um, I think that you'll have failures um, throughout uh, all of your experiences. I mean, okay. For instance, um, right now we're working on um, we're working on three projects simultaneously. The collaboration of our new um, uh, found partnerships underscore underscore. Uh, Josh Tilden, Erling Wilbauer, and um, and Cosmo Goss, 
uh, two chefs and a, um, a great business mind. They formed their own company within our company, and we collaborated together. And um, right now, what we're experiencing, I don't, th- I don't know if this is a, a failure, but it's a failure to um, execute concept um, quicker, meaning that um, our due diligence portion wasn't correct. I mean, it wasn't, wasn't done um, with expedience. Uh, um, the, the, uh, the, the build-out process right now is taking longer than we thought, so hence we're, we're, we're hedging into our, um, we're hedging into our, our um, starting to pay rent. So how do you deal with that? Well, um, you sit down and you, you put these six minds together and, and, and you come up with some solutions or you try to come up with some solutions. And that only happens in the collaboration. It's only chasing the conversation around the table. What if we did this? What if we did that? No, we can't do that. What about this end? And it's pushing the break point. You're trying to push the conversation around the table. How, what if we did this? What if we did that? So uh, what we're trying to deal with right now is, oh, my God, we're going to expose ourselves to paying rent. So how do we, okay, well, maybe we can do some trade. Is there a way that we can do some trade with the landlord and, and take some uh, rent abatement? And So um, you sit amongst your, 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 um, your, your partners, you collaborate, you chase the conversation around the table, you come up with four or five solutions, and you try to execute one or two or three of these, ex- uh, of these solutions. So how do you deal with uh, failure? Well, you don't lose sight of what you started this this concept. Um, this you don't lose sight of what your what your intent is. You don't lose sight of what your overall goal is to be successful. Um, you can't you can't give in. You can't raise, you can't raise raise the, the white flag. You can't. You just can't. You just got to continue to dig in. And, and, and finesse this, these conversations, and, and hopefully you'll come up with a solution. I, I think my business partners and I agree that you have to persevere. You can't give in. And if you give in, then that's the sign of failure. Yes, dude. I am so jacked up over here listening to you talk that I'm raining down like a madman right now. What you just described to us with the idea of just going to your group, your 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 peers, and you guys brainstorm. That's the power of collaboration. That's what collaboration is. It's using the minds, multiple minds instead of one mind, and just bouncing Sweet. ideas off of each other. And multiple five minds. I think you have five. Was it five business partners? Four original partners? Like whatever Four the, original partners. Yeah, yes. whatever the number. Four minds, five minds is greater than one mind and come back and brainstorm and use the unique strengths and skills and knowledge of the people that are in your immediate network, your your restaurant group, whatever you want to call it. Uh, And then the other thing that you said, which I was kind of hoping we would touch on earlier, uh, you Mm -hmm. said, how do you recover from failure? You don't lose sight of the, the, uh, I called it, I'm calling it mission vision. You called it uh, Mm -hmm. the goal or the aspiration or whatever it is you want to do. And I think that right there, and you touched on it and I'm happy you did is the key to a successful partnership is having common vision, common mission. I'm sorry. There's a motorcycle driving by my house right now. Uh, if you guys could hear that, but what would you say? Is that, is that the key right there? Is just having that commonality and where we're going and just that discipline to keep showing up even when it gets hard. You have to, 
because why did you want to be a business owner? Yeah. You have to. And your leadership skills, um, especially for the younger um, younger generation that, that, that is working with you, mind you, we don't say work for, for you or for me. We work together. Um, it, here, uh, when, I'm, when I'm at the restaurant, I bust tables. We bust tables. Um, we're in. We're immersed in every portion of the dining experience, mm. whether it's hailing a taxi, guiding someone through a, 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 a dining experience menu, um, bussing tables, picking up dirt off the floor. It do- doesn't matter. You have to have the empathy, but you also have to have nobility, nobility of service, nobility of hospitality, because nobody's going to follow you if you're a pointer. Oh, yeah, go do this. Go do that. You can do that. Don't worry about it. You got it. No, they don't. They don't got it. You have to got it. You have to do it. It's your job. It's not their job. So, um, you know, I'm glad that you asked me about failure because I, 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 I don't I don't think anybody wants to fail. So the only way to 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 step through failure is to sit with your collaborators, your partners, your chef, your your wife, by the way, um, your girlfriend, and talk through the emotion and figure the game plan out. Um, that's your that's your mission statement. That's your that's that garner that garners your success. Um, figuring it out, you have to. Can't go into bed and just lay down, or else pull the covers over and close the door, and it's over, man. You're done. <laughs> <laughs> Donnie, I could talk to you all day. I'm loving this conversation. I love listening to you and just everything you're sharing with us. Uh, I gotta respect your time. We have to go to a quick break to thank our sponsors. We'll be back for the speed round, but this has been awesome so far. I'll be right back. You're you're awesome. Your <laughs> upbeat your upbeat portion of the collaboration has driven this conversation. Um, you're incredible. Thank you for being so upbeat and and conscious of, of uh, you know the ebb and flows of conversation, especially when you're not seeing someone. So you're doing an incredible job, and I really thank you. I'm humbled that you would even ask me oh. to be on the show. Oh man, it's my pleasure. How do you not become upbeat when you just listen to such great advice? And I don't know. I think my secret is I close my eyes when there's no video and I just, I just close. I'm sitting here like a weirdo closing my eyes, just listening, writing things down every once in a while. But I love it. We'll be right back. Nobody likes doing paperwork. If you have a growing group of restaurants and find yourself wishing you could snap your fingers and have all of your invoices and AP instantly disappear from your plate, then you need to call Sorcery. Sorcery is used to make owning and operating a restaurant a breeze. Instead of dreading invoices, you'll be delighted to be synced with every vendor. With your new relationships, you can work on negotiating the best price to improve your margins. And Sorcery's biggest superpower is that they watch the prices you pay across the kitchen, from dry goods to proteins to produce. And when citrus skyrockets, you'll know to update your recipes before you end up kicking yourself at the end of the quarter. To learn more, head over to www.getsorcery.com or find the banner in the show notes. If you mention Restaurant Unstoppable at checkout, you'll get your first month free. Yep. 
We're back. And the first question I have for you, Donnie, is what is your it factor, a habit, a trait, a characteristic you believe most contributes to your success? No, never say no. Never Can't. say no. Beautiful. To anybody, to anything, to a guest, to a staff member. How can I help? Yeah, you know, I love that. And there's one trick I picked up that I want to share now. And when you find yourself with face a situation or face in a situation where you you're not when you want to say no, uh, replace no with how, like, how can I do that? Like always ask yourself, how can I do it? Everything's possible. Just because it's not written in the rule book that you can do it or whatever. Just ask how, when you say how your mind opens up to possibilities, you want to reflect on that at all? Yeah, I, I, I think, well, I, I don't think I believe that the, the how is the solution. Mm. In, in, in order to, um, let, let's, let's, let's make up a, a quick, um, let's make up a quick scenario. Um, guest comes in, um, he drove in for me um, from the suburbs. Uh, he's late for the res- reservation. He's, he's pensive. He's nervous. Um, he wants to take his wife out. It's their 30th wedding anniversary. He's late for the reservation. Um, he, he's already sold himself short that the night might not go the way it's going because he's got an 8 o'clock reservation. It's 20 after 8. He hits the table. He gets sat at 8.30. Uh, it's his wife's. It's their anniversary. He turns to the server and he goes, I need some service. And before, before he could say anything else, the server plants two glasses of champagne down in front of them and and welcomes them and and says, happy anniversary. We're so glad that you joined us this evening. So how did you come up with that? I mean, that's in the thought process, beginning of the night. It's the how. We're going to take care of these people. How are we going to take care of them? When they get here, they're going to have the best table, sit in the window, and we're going to pour them two glasses of champagne. Mm. We don't know that we don't know any of the 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 any of they think for a second that they're already it's over, and we turn it around with two glasses of champagne and welcome them. Awesome. So it's. Beautiful. Oh man. Did you, did you want to add anything to that or did you finish? Your no, that's it. Okay. that's it. That's it. That's <laughs> it. I love it. <laughs> what is your biggest mm-hmm. weakness? Uh, my biggest weakness. Let's see. My biggest weakness is, Oh, it's it's the same question. Um, that it's the same scenario as before. I can't say no to anybody, mm. um, no matter what time it is during the day or night. With my wife, I'm sneaking on the phone. Someone texts me about uh, somebody texts me about um, something at the restaurant. Um, I, I turn to the side and I'm texting back. My wife's going, "Can you put the phone down?" And I'm like, "I." I have a situation. She was be with your family, and you saw it on the yep. on the on the welcome conference. Being present is such an important factor 
Um, there are so many distractions in our lives here today. Um, phone, um, uh, text messages, email, uh, Instagram, um, all of these we're battling with on a daily basis. But as someone who's, as someone who's hospitable, you can't turn it off or turn it on. You have to be on all the time. So saying no to someone is really difficult for me. Mm, I totally get that. What is one piece of advice you have for leading others? Lead by example. Beautiful. Be humble. Be humble. Lead by example. Do the dirty work. Um, because if you do the dirty work, people will um, acknowledge that and, and look at that and go, he's still the same. He's still humble. He doesn't mind digging in and cleaning the bathroom up. What is one question that you asked or thing you looked for during the interview process? And it's probably been a while since you've done an interview. Maybe not, but maybe back when you were doing the interviews, what were you looking for? Um, interviewing for, um, tell me what we're at. I'm sorry. I apologize. Yeah. You know, yeah. When you're interviewing, uh, growing your team, looking for employees, mm-hmm. uh, one thing your, your team looks for, one thing you you train people to look for during the interview process. Honesty. Mm. How do you um, find that? Yeah. Great question, Eric. You're the best at these questions. Um, <laughs> Some people yeah. would say I'm just a pain in the ass, but uh, I appreciate no, you acknowledging. No, no you're, 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 you're super positive. Um, your momentum is incredible, by the way. Um, how, what do you look, how do you look for that? Um, I, I set up scenarios um, in interviews. I try to not just ask questions. How did you get here? Where are you going? I, I set up a scenario. I'll go, um, okay, um, here's what we're going to gonna talk about. You want to be a chef. You're, 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 you're looking for the chef position here. Um, let's say you put a dish on the menu and Paul comes in and tastes uh, and he goes, it's terrible. It's, it's terrible. You can't put that on the menu. Um, and, and so what would you do? And if his answer or her answer is honest and 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 it's it, you can tell by the honesty, then I don't you it. have an honest person? Yeah, that's the person oh. you want on your team right there. Beautiful. Uh, what is a current challenge today? Your biggest challenge uh, today, maybe? Yeah. Probably um, retainership. Um, Employer retention. Yeah. Trying to. Go ahead. How are you dealing with that? Collectively, as a group, we meet biweekly, the owners and the heads of departments, um, and we brainstorm, and we think of collective ways to put a better package together for staff members to stay with us. Um, We're embarking on our fifth, I think it's our fifth, employee appreciation um, party. And it's like, how do you throw a party for a thousand people? <laughs> it's, uh, and where is that? Who, who can fit them? Um, being in the locations, um, talking to staff, making eye contact, um, coming up with a 401k uh, insurance programs, 
um, stepping out when legislation tells you, well, you don't have to do that. Well, we're going to do it anyway um, because it's been vetoed by, by the legislature by the government, but we're still going to do it. So um, taking those opportunities and, and putting them into positive um, opportunities for, for our staff members. Beautiful. And um, what's one book that's a must read that will make us either a better person or a restaurant owner? Hmm. They're all on the side of my... Uh, nightstand right now. <laughs> um, I don't know. Um, I found Isadora Sharp's um, book about the four seasons, um, about his family, his family growth, about real estate and hospitality and never saying no to a guest, um, making the staff member have ownership. Um, I found his book, um, um, enlightening to me. I really did. I, I thought it was a, a, a great mixture of uh, business uh, sensibility and hospitality sensibility. I'm trying to find that book. Is it Four Seasons? I think so, yeah. Okay, Four Seasons, The Story of Business Philosophy by Isidore, Isidore Sharp. Sharp. First time recommended on the show, so thank you for doing that. And uh, I'm curious, uh, I'm dyslexic too. Uh, you're dyslexic. Yes. Uh, how do you overcome uh, the hurdle of dealing with that and continuing to educate yourself and forcing yourself to read? Do you have a trick um, to overcome that uh, that challenge? Well, um, my business partner, Peter, his wife is a teacher, and um, she knew that I had dyslexia, and she gave me color-coded plastic to put over um, uh, to put over uh, paper and words. Um, so I, um, I tried several. I know reversing um, um, white background to black backward and white, let and white letters is a helpful, um, is very helpful to me. So, um, and then audiobooks are really important. Yes. They've changed my life. <laughs> Honestly, I started listening to audiobooks. And uh, up to that point, I think I never had like finished a book. I think I was 26 or 25 when I read a full book back to back and it was an audio book and getting going, building that momentum with audiobooks gave me the discipline to sit down and power through the old fashioned way of reading because I knew there's just so much value. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, audiobooks are a huge trick and I'll, I'll try that uh, reversing the white and black and that might be a, one that I, I give a shot. Um, so what's one technology? We're almost done. What's one technology you're leveraging right now that gets you really excited, that's making you more effective, more efficient, yeah. more improving communication, whether it's in the restaurant or in your personal life? Um, I have an iPad Pro. And for years and years and years, I would have, uh, when I was involved in decision-making for, and I'm still in decision-making for, um, architectural drawings and design drawings, I would have to go back to the office, print the, um, print the, the, the drawing, uh, take an X-Acto knife out, cut away uh, the areas, paste the areas in, um, and then write notes on there, and then scan it, and then send it. That would take hours. Now, iPad Pro, uh, I have my AA tape, 
I go into the IAT program that I, thankfully, my IT guy and my Mac guy taught me how to how to use, and I can pencil it or I can draw on it. Um, it takes me a matter of moments to copy uh, uh, the drawing and then highlight the areas in red, and then I can change them and then uh, make my notes on it in in, uh, in the technology pen, and then. What app was it. this? Uh, the car drove by, and that noise picked up when you said it. I'm sorry. IA tape. IA tape, and that's an app? Yep. Beautiful. I'll have that link in the show notes. Uh, and we're almost there. The l- almost last question <laughs> I have for you is... Uh, the with, hardest one. <laughs> yeah, with all the knowledge you have today, Donnie, if you could go back in time to 1997, opening your first restaurant, the Blackbird, and you just give yourself one piece of business advice, something you wish you knew then that you didn't know now, what would it be? Eric, <laughs> thanks. Thank you for asking me this question. It's the hardest one. I know you're going to ask the hardest one at the end. Um, yeah. Uh, okay. Here it is. I, I think, I, I think what would be important to anyone is, I mean, what works for me probably doesn't work for everybody else. Um, I took on a lot more than I really needed to. And that, you know, um, I I think, I believe going back, I took on a lot more than I should have. Uh, I took on a lot more responsibility financially. um, And and I I know there were 26 weeks that I I had to tend to um, my mother's illness and running her to the, I think I equate it all to time. Like, I just didn't know if there was enough time to spend um, with my mom um, because I was so driven to get this restaurant open. And at the end of the day, looking back, I wish I would have had that time back. Would you trade your success for that time back? I think sooner or later I was going to be successful. So would I trade my success and Eric, you're killing me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I think what I would have done was spread my time a little differently. Um, Don't get me wrong. What I, what I mean was, I would, yeah, I, I think time is a very peculiar, peculiar thing um, in its way of, of, you know, sometimes you think, like, how much time do I have to put all of this together and, and how much is it really worth it? Um, I, I wish that at the time, I think what I'm trying to say is I wish I would have got the job done a little sooner so my mom would have been able to see the success. Mm. Um, that's what I'm trying to say. Like, I, I, I don't know if I wasted time or, you know, things are going to happen the way they're supposed to happen because that's the only way they're going to, that's the only way it's going to happen. Um, I don't, I hope there's not too much redundancy in that, in that comment, but no. what, what I mean by it is that 
it took 15 months to build it because that's the course of that's the natural course that that was supposed to take um i trying to get some time back in order to show my mother that um it was a success but the good news is uh, her twin sister had an opportunity to see it i believe that they're both looking down um my i brought my aunt to work with me on thursdays for about six months she enjoyed the interaction um it fulfilled her um i believe i gave something back and closed the universe in some ways closed some holes in the universe with my mom by giving this activity to my aunt so um yeah i think the time um, that it took me to deliver this space and deliver the restaurant um, was a little bit lengthier than i wanted to but Spend more time with the ones you love. Be present. It will happen. Be patient. That's it, man. You awesome. got it. Awesome. Man, this was such a blast. It was such an honor uh, just being able to share the story and the advice of somebody like yourself who's just done so many incredible things in this industry. It was an honor speaking to you. Uh, we wrap up every episode by calling somebody out. That's how I found you. Mark Canlis calls you out. I'm so grateful that he did. Who's one person you admire? Uh, somebody you think would make a great guest mentor like you've made for us today? Well, uh, Terry Alexander, my business partner. Terry Alexander, look out. I'm coming after you, Terry. I'd love to get you on the show, get your perspective. And uh, let the folks at home know, uh, if we want to come join your team, if we want to work under some incredible people and get mentored by an awesome team, uh, learn under amazing people, what's the best way to connect? Reach out to me. uh, You can call my cell number. Everybody else does. (laughs) (laughs) Your your wife is going to kill you. Go for it. Hey, um, Eric, I stood by my word. Um, we're going <laughs> to figure out, we're going to figure out the co- welcome conference. You should be there. I think oh, it would be, um, only another extension to what you do, um, on your own, on these podcasts, uh, bringing, um, uh, professionals, um, hospitality professionals that really give a shit about what they do and how they care for people. Um, at the end of the day, um, I didn't open Blackbird, um, to make money. Uh, or nor did my business partners. Um, we did we did it out of um, salvation of self worth. What we wanted to do, what we wanted to create, um, and at the end of the day, uh, the journey leads you to um, be honest and hospitable and take care of people. Um, if you don't have that in your um, in your mission statement, then you're full of shit, um, and you don't really care about making people happy. Mm. So. That's the end of my story. Awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today to know the value of surrounding yourself with other passionate, talented people for being able to see these incredible people. And then not only being able to see this talent, but to, to pull them together, to rally them together, to do something that, to create the vision, to be that visionary leader and to, you know, uh, just inspire others. Um, it was an honor to share your story and your advice. And there is no questioning Donnie. You are unstoppable. <laughs> oh, Eric, you're the best. Thank you so much. Thank you for your positive uh, enforcement throughout this uh, conversation. Um, you're incredible. I don't mean to, you know, blow smoke up your butt, but um, you're incredible. Your positive uh, attitude through this whole um, conversation um, enlightened me and uh, searched for uh, deeper answers uh, than I had. 
Thank you. Uh, that's awesome to hear. Thank you so much. Uh, we'll cut it there. That was great. Oh man. Um, yeah. Uh, sorry. We went over our time. You were just on a roll. I didn't want to cut you short. You were sharing so much great stuff. And, uh, I just, I'm so grateful to have you as a guest on the show and uh, it was a blast. Thanks, Eric. Catch story. I like that name too, by the way. You know why I love recording this podcast? Because I get to prove that doing good is good business. And behind every great restaurant, yeah, you know, I say this all the time, is a great person. And Donnie just proved that again. And if you want to be a successful restaurateur, the place to start is by studying other successful people and just realizing that it's about things like integrity, caring for others, dedication, and just seeing the good in others. And that's what I loved about Donnie's story today is uh, his ability just to see the greatness in others, recognizing that he can't do it alone. And then that, that if he's going to do something truly great, something truly amazing, he's going to need the help of other people. And he recognized that early on. He found people who were, who were strong, where he was weak, and he surrounded himself with those people. And he invested uh, relationships and caring for these other people. And if you can just care for enough other people, and, and if you can have that integrity and do what you say you're going to do and, and show people your work ethics, your will, then they'll surround themselves with you. And it's a win-win situation in... I just think that to really be something special, to really make a huge impact, it's about those relationships. It's about knowing your lane and it's about working together, collaborating, brainstorming, finding, trying to leave this world better than when you came into it. And if you can do that, if you can have a, a common vision, a common goal and just show up and just keep showing up and just will, will success onto your lives and the lives of other people who are collaborating with you, amazing things will happen Wow, that was a great conversation. Uh, thank you, Donnie, for getting real, for letting me really pry and uh, dig deep. You really opened up. I appreciate you so much for doing that, for opening up. And like always, guys, it's Eric with the C at restaurantunstoppable.com. Shoot me an email. Tell me who you want to hear from. Tell me who you admire. Tell me who's the mentor in your community. We'll get them on the show. We'll share their story. We'll learn together, and uh, you can connect with me on Instagram and Twitter, Eric Cacciatore, Facebook slash Restaurant Unstoppable. Keep those five-star reviews on iTunes and Stitcher Radio coming. I love you all, and until next time, peace out.